Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the In and After Show. Welcome to a special Valentine's Day edition of the podcast. Although if you're listening tomorrow, it's already passed. And instead, it's go buy chocolate for half off day. Which yeah. Means, I hope you do that because you deserve it. It's like um, the best day of the year, uh, the day after Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Arguably, sometimes the Valentine chocolate is better than Halloween chocolate, though. Because Halloween so you chocolate get that fancy like, stuff. Yeah, because yeah. Halloween chocolate, they're like, oh, you're just giving this to small children. They don't they don't know. They don't they know. Taste. They don't have any they taste. Don't, yeah. They, they don't need rum infused in their chocolate. <laughs> but your your wife and or husband does. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Yep. I uh, already ate mine. It was Ghirardelli's dark chocolate sea salt. Mm-hmm. Which is, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. I prefer my I, chocolate on the bitter side, so. I do too, although I'm a I'm a sucker for uh, the Ferrero Rochers. Oh, I love those. Mm-hmm. Everything can, that that I eat too much brand, of them. <laughs> they uh they now at most grocery stores in my area you can get um not Ferrero Rocher necessarily, but they have like a a candy bar that's called Bueno, and it's Ooh. really good. They've got a couple different like chocolate products year round now. Which is great because American chocolate sucks most of the time. Uh, it does. Um, yeah. if, at least if it's milk chocolate. Yeah. If you get some of like the nice dark uh, fancy stuff that comes in like the big bars in the candy aisle, then you can generally find some okay stuff. Yeah. I had a really, now I'm not going to say that it was um, classy, but I had a, <laughs> a, a Ben and Jerry's brand chocolate bar that had chunks of brownie infused in it. And oh, yeah, I, didn't it know they, I didn't know they had expanded out into it. tasty. I'm gonna have to try one of those. Do you have to? I go can to only the eat like one square at a time because yeah. otherwise I feel terribly guilty. But <laughs> do you have to go to a Ben and Jerry's location to get one of those? No, it was just at the um. Where was that? It was at a Safeway. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they've got they've got some of the fancier inventory. If you yeah. can go to a Safeway, you got to pay premium prices, but they've got some some better inventory there. All right. Well, this week on the Anna and App Show, it's not particularly romance focused, although we are going to talk about our favorite anime couples, just our top threes. I feel like there's a little bit of romance in Trigun, depending on how you want to, on how you want to frame the uh, <laughs> the central relationship there. There's, there there's there some are definitely you know? some bros in this week's episode of Trigun. Um, unfortunately, they both have become murder bros, so okay. the romantic implications have kind of, you know. Uh, waned on that but yeah the anime uh, fandom that's just par for the course are right you really are you even really a couple if you haven't tried to kill one another or if you're fair. an anime fair yeah yeah um so we will be talking about the new episode of trigun stampede uh i think it is the best episode the season has had so far from real good it was a really good episode yes. um i mean the narrative was kind of par for the course this has been a kind of a really dark take on the show not as yeah. nearly as much levity as the original at all but i liked some of the stuff that they did with the the art direction this mm-hmm. week so we're we can talk about that um we've got some news as well uh one of the big one is about a new naoki urasawa anime that people have been waiting for since about 2017 um there was a 
Mario Bros commercial during the Super Bowl that had some fun Easter eggs hidden in there that we're going to talk about. And I'm going to be went, so mad if that Mario movie convinces me to like care about it because that freaking trailer was It's really it good, right? Not fair. Yeah, the viral marketing that they're starting to do now is like, oh, this is enough to make me forget about Chris Pratt. Yeah. Damn. Um yeah. So we'll, we'll show that new trailer and talk about it a little bit. I also went ahead and compiled a list of all the anime that are currently delayed due to COVID-19 because it's an ever-expanding list. Might be one so of your favorites. do we have faves. time for that? Or that might take up a majority of the one, episode. One, two, though, three, four, five, six, seven. I got eight, nine shows. It's just a rundown, you know, but yeah. Yeah. And then Trigun Stampede. If we have to cut anything, we might not get to Buddy Daddies this week, which I feel okay about because the episode was mostly silly shenanigans. Not, not a lot to talk about. So I appreciated the little uh, flash forwards with the delinquent Miri. I did um, like those. I would, I would watch a whole show about that that dynamic. But... Yeah, Miri, she shoplifts video games in this yeah. future that Kazuki has envisioned. She um, talks like a character from Akiba Made War. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, or Yak, yeah, it visits her in prison and she just yells at him a whole bunch. Yeah, that was there was a lot of good bits. It's just not like much for in depth discussion, but it was a good episode. No one even died. So no one even died. No one kid was asking for it. <laughs> I guess the yeah. you kept wandering off. He's four. What about the guy who <laughs> tried to steal a kid's lunch at gunpoint? I mean, he also was asking for it. That's true. <laughs> I mean, it was a fake gun. But he did literally try and steal a kid's lunch at gunpoint. It's, it's better than what we've got going on here in the States. I read a story the other day about a poor woman who worked at a subway and got shot because she put too much mayonnaise on the sandwich. What? Yeah. I did not hear about this. Is this yeah. local to you? No, no, oh, okay. no, no, no. It was, uh, it was, uh, I don't even want to, I don't, I don't want to guess the state because I can't remember, but it was, you know, it was any of the, of the given states in this at, country because, at any you know. given point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, that's awful. Also, I love mayonnaise. What's, what's this person's beef? Well, I'm not, okay. So the sandwich in question did seem to have an obscene amount of mayonnaise. Okay. Obviously, that in no way, shape, or form justifies murder. <laughs> no. Did, you, did they of, die or were oh, they, they just, no, like, no, they died. Yeah, they died. Okay, you said shot at first, and I was like, is this... No, like yeah, no, they died. It was... What a country! <laughs> That's just... I don't even know what to say. That's horrible. Stupid. Don't go to subways, as maybe the moral of the story, but... I, I guess. Did they arrest the person? I think so. I okay. hope so. They must okay. have. It was in... Yeah. Okay, well, that's... Yeah. I'm glad they're not out on the street still. Yeah. Um, yeah. No kidding. Gosh. Okay. So strange. Yeah. So thank goodness Miri and them live in Japan where the, the only people, <laughs> yeah, right. The only people that are committing mass slaughter are the hitmen and they're going to use their powers responsibly, presumably. So we really don't know a whole lot about their hits outside of. I mean, he was, a, he was a bad dude, but yeah. you know, we don't, we don't know much outside of that. Um, all right. So that said, let's let's talk about this Naoki Urasawa thing. Um, so there's going to be a new anime based on a Naoki Urasawa manga. The manga is called Pluto, and it's it's his interpretation of, or reinventing of some of the story from Astro Boy by uh, Osamu Tezuka, famous mm. famously known Astro Boy. Um, 
this has been in the works since at least 2017 because there was a uh, not a presentation but it was there was a display for it at a at a convention in in japan in 2017 and it seems like a lot of it has stayed the same since that announcement m2 the studio which is yet another one founded by masao uh, maruyama the original founder of madhouse is animating it and um they did also announce the cast for it and then it's going to be a netflix series and there's a teaser trailer and i'm going to show it but we may bounce out of it because it is four minutes long which is a little long for the show for a whole video is that even a teaser at that point that's like it's a, whole... a sneak peek is what netflix is calling it so i just kind of wanted to see you know what it looks like uh given how much how long we have waited for it now on the plus side netflix seems to have done away with netflix jail at least in part they're starting yeah. to do weekly releases more so we might not have to wait a whole six months for this thing after it airs well, I also assume that this may be, it's a Netflix anime and it's going to drop completely on the surface. Okay, this looks amazing already. Yeah, like, The backgrounds look really nice. I am so glad we live in an era where CG and anime could just look badass as hell like this. Yeah. That does look like a Naoki Urasawa character design. For those of you, if his name isn't ringing a bell, if you've watched Monster recently on Netflix, and I did wonder if... Which you should. It, yeah, which you should. If, um... It dropping on there was a sign that that this might also be ending up there but yeah there's no dialogue by the way um so they may not have completed the dubbing yet um i mean that that tracks that's usually the last thing that they do so mm -hmm. but the backgrounds just look this looks absolutely incredible. beautiful yeah really pretty well, especially coming off a monster where really one of the only flaws of that show is that it has that early 2000s cg integration yeah god awful and yeah and like they don't rely on it very heavily though just every once in a while there'll be a car you know yeah. but it looks it looks really bad but this is just oh, the yeah colors like this yeah. is some hdr looking oh yeah we've got a, a guy standing in a small crop circle in a tulip field oh he's got a robot hand did not expect this to go kind of mega man here <laughs> I guess that makes sense if it yeah. if it's like a he's also got rocket booster shoes, so he is floating in his loafers. Again, all of this still looks amazing. We've switched from like a really colorful background to like this sort of industrial inside of a tunnel or or something. Okay, this guy's like full on an android though because he's got like cyborg vision too. I'd really I, I, one of my good friends Chuck was recommending this show to me a while ago. Mm -hmm. um, or the manga, uh, rather. And I didn't, I don't know a whole lot about it. So I'm wondering, yeah. is, is the idea that it's like jaded, middle-aged man Astro Boy? Or is there going to be like a Whoa, little guy just spit out a bunch too? of bugs. Oh yeah, that's a, a good question. I don't know. Uh, the manga is available from Viz and it's a self, it's eight volumes and completed. So you can pick up the entire, the entire story. We're in an action sequence now and he's fighting like a giant robot bugs and stuff and they are burning off did they burn off some of his limbs or a little bit oh big bugs spitting out lots of small bugs I, I will be honest some of the compositing with the uh like the effects work is giving me a little bit studio go hands vibes but it's not to the point where i'm 
scared. I'm just a little. No one's getting motion sickness. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the camera is uh, staying still. Thank God. But yeah, yeah. Some of the compositing there was was a little shaky. But I'm also trying to remember that we're watching this on YouTube and they they like flatten everything out to like 480p, so it may look crisper on Netflix than it does. Okay, there's a giant robot hovering over what appears to look like a womb, kind of. Okay, so this kid with a striped shirt is who, who I'm familiar with from... Ooh, oh, big design. fluffy kitties! <laughs> she also looks very much like a Naoki Urasawa character. Mm -hmm. So I think this boy currently holding a, a very nice-looking snail is actually the main character oh maybe he's like the astro boy i think uh, so yeah. after was that do we watch all four minutes of that wow that went by fast yeah so that's coming out this year and um let me pull up the article really quick because i do have that and that might give us a little more information about the story um so yeah, it's a reimagining of the world depicted in Osamu Tezuka's manga, Astro Boy. It was also supposed to be a CG animated film by Illumination and Universal Pictures. They picked that up in 2010 and then it never happened. Um, like a lot of Hollywood. I'm trying to imagine that. what an Illumination anime would look like. Yeah. I mean, I guess Mario is kind of in the, I mean, it's not an anime, but it's, you know, in the realm of Japanese IP. That's true. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, they did that one Astro Boy movie. Um, uh, They've done a couple, but there's the 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 CG one from. I was just watching uh, Jeff Thu's um, his uh, Hollywood anime video that he put out, and, and he was oh talking yeah about yeah, that. and I totally forgot. I watched that entire the one with Nicolas Cage, uh, where he played Doctor uh, Tenma. I think is that his name. Oh yeah, uh, I never watched that. Yeah. I did, and I forgot he about it until. Cage is in that. Yeah. Wow, yeah. So he does. He does not affect a, a different voice in any way at all. It's <laughs> Cage. That's great. Uh, for the plot of Pluto, in a distant future where sentient humanoid robots pass for human, someone or something is out to destroy the seven great robots of the world. Europol's top detective. This is German, and I'm going to destroy it, but I think it's Gescht, is a, who is probably the character we saw earlier is assigned to investigate these mysterious robot serial murders. This is so Urasawa. The only catch is that he himself is one of the seven targets. Okay. That's, that sounds that like sounds a good awesome. Time. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like a good time to me. Um, and although there was no vocal performances in that teaser, uh, Shinshu Fuji is Geshikt. I'm not familiar with uh, Fuji, but Yoko uh, Hikasa is Adam, who is the Astro Boy. And Minori Suzuki is Uran, who's probably the girl we saw earlier. So, yeah, you can look forward to that. It's going to drop on Netflix uh, sometime this year. So, cool. Yeah. Um, next up, okay, let's look at this Mario Bros. commercial um, because it hit all the nostalgia vibes for me. It, it should be illegal what they did. It should. It should you can't absolutely. just invoke the Super Mario Bros. Super Show. Yeah. And expect to get away with it without having to pay for what you've done because that's <laughs> that's like one of those things you can only do it once. Yeah. You can only do it once. And if if they waste this perfect, perfect reference on a movie that isn't good, there will yeah. be hell to pay. 
For those who don't know, this song right now is the rap from that from that show specifically. I like how they're just like nodding. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I've always loved. Um, I I will be honest. I have a soft spot for the god awful live action Mario. Yeah, movie. I watched it, it as a kid a lot, yeah. actually. Like it's terrible, but it's also like genuinely pretty cool. Like the fact yeah. that that movie exists is truly one of the most ridiculous stories in the history of like Hollywood. Yeah, I think. it came um, out in 1989, but yeah. it was in syndication for a little while. Must have been because that's the only way I would have caught it because I was mm-hmm. two in like. I, know, I, I I watched it on TV like uh, right next to like the Sonic Saturday Morning and all. That yeah, stuff, so. I think it was part of some kind of programming block that I can't remember right now. Um, a couple of fun facts about that commercial in particular. Um, this hasn't been confirmed, but people on the internet have said that the voice of the customer in the commercial who does the narration, um, the actress is supposedly Janine Elias, who was the original voice of Princess Toadstool in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's true because they have gone, said that they're going to get like Charles Martinet to do some small roles in some of the other uh, long term not long term uh legacy actors yeah to to do bit parts so if they got her for that commercial i I wouldn't be surprised um it was also shared on twitter that supposedly uh this these are posted around brooklyn in new york again can't verify for sure that it's true but uh let me post it is Fixing pipes is our game. Family owned and operated flyers on like trees or um, like wooden posts. And it's an advertisement for the service that was in that commercial with the, with the fake phone number you can call to get information about the movie and the website. And it's got a bunch of pull off tags too. (laughs) And it's in the commercial. They like, I'm wondering, is the movie going to be like a period piece? Like, is it going to, is the earth stuff going to take place like in the eighties? Cause that would be great. I would love that. Um, a bunch of people. It's, it's funny. I think, I think it was maybe Chris on Twitter. Someone was commenting that all the, other, you know, a lot of like younger people were like, Oh my God, they made Mario into an isekai. And for like people our age that like grew up with the, the live action movie, it's like, that's always, yeah, he's always been a plumber from New he's York. He's always right? been <laughs> earthian and ended up in toad, you know, Toadstool King, Mushroom Kingdom, and stuff like yeah. it was always that was always part of the part of the bit was that yeah, yeah he was a regular guy. Um, I don't remember how he got how they got there in the live action film. Oh, some ridiculous shenanigans. How did John Leguizamo end up there in the live action film? Does anyone remember? All all I remember is that to incorporate the jumping mechanic, they get like super jump boots. Yeah, yeah, they get special boots. Yeah, Yoshi is a terrifying little raptor. (laughs) He's a little velociraptor. He's just straight up like looks like a Jurassic Park dinosaur. And and all the the Koopas are they are terrifying because they look like full-grown businessmen like they wear like wall street style 1980s suit jackets and stuff but then they have tiny dinosaur heads yeah maybe that's what they called the goom maybe they called them goombas in the movie but i don't remember if they're goombas or koopas but anyway they're just dinosaur headed weirdos and bowser was supposed to be was an actual giant dinosaur but he was masquerading as dennis hopper and dennis hopper 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, that movie uh, is yeah, that movie is cocaine personified. That's, yeah. That's really. Yeah. It's amazing. I loved it. I unironically loved that movie as a kid. Um, I remember like I had a family member who's like, "Why do you like this? This is stupid." It's like, "Shut up! I'm eight, and this is super cool." You know. Um, anyway, people acting like stupid things can't also be great things. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on, guys. Ah. Um. I somehow, how do I keep doing this? Oh, there it is. I thought I closed a tab that had all of my notes, which would be a problem for the next part, which is Lindsay is going to list off all the winter 2023 anime that are delayed due to COVID-19. Oh boy. Um, so as I said earlier in the show, there are almost 10 of these. The winter season has been uh, decimated. Decimated. <laughs> the, it's been capped. Someone took a baseball bat to the winter 2023 20, anime season and busted its kneecaps because everything, almost everything is on hiatus. Um, quite a few of these are Aniplex shows, but not every single one. You may have seen talk about that on the internet that this is an Aniplex management problem, which isn't necessarily untrue, but it's not limited to just them. So without further ado, here's all the anime and their current status of when they're coming back, if they're coming back. Etc. So first, the first one this happened to was Near, which James was reviewing for us on Anime News Network. Highly anticipated show based on the hit video game by Yoko Taro, um, animated by A1 Pictures. That went on hiatus um, after its third episode, but the fourth episode is now scheduled to return on February 18th. Yeah. So we'll see so that, if it just back. continues on from there or with other shows we've seen in the past, they'll come back for a couple episodes and then it just sort of is a repeats itself so we'll have to see but if you were waiting for that episode four of the near anime will be returning on february 18th the next one is unite up which was actually a really well animated idol show um it got pretty good reviews in the preview guide uh, this is another anaplex title that went on hiatus uh, with episode four but has since restart not restarted um come back on february 11th so again that show has returned if you were looking forward to that uh, Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible, which is this cute romantic comedy about a guy that no one notices and the cute girl that, you know, won't leave him alone. Uh, that went on hiatus after episode five and is not coming back until April. They're just going to restart the entire thing in April. So, oh man, okay. Yeah, and that's so animated. Not, yeah. Not getting any new content until May? Um, yes. And that's animated by Pine Jam. And to my knowledge, that's not an Anaplex show. Um, Ayakashi Triangle, which was the horny one that had a fixation on cat testicles. Uh, that went on hiatus after episode I don't even four. remember that one. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a ninja. Ninjas? I think there's ninja in it? I don't know. Um, that went on hiatus after episode four, and there currently isn't an announcement for when the series will come back. And that is an Aniplex show. Um, Uncle from Another World. That one started encountering problems. Um during its initial run, if anyone remembers that show, it premiered in July 2022. <laughs> I had to look that up. Um, it's going to release its final episode on March 8th. Uh, it has been back in Japan, but Netflix US has not added any of the episodes that have come out since it went on hiatus. So if um, I don't know if they're just we're waiting for the final episode and they're just going to drop it all at once or something. But that also sucked because that one got in for weekly streaming reviews and Richard has written them all up in advance because he's in Japan and I can't publish them because no one, no one whose native language is English can watch that show right now. Um, Bofuri season two has 
been delayed starting with its uh, seventh episode by two weeks and now we'll air episode seven starting on March 8th and then episode eight to ten will air weekly after that but episodes 11 and 12 don't have air dates yet and that's yeah. likely because when you produce an anime you buy a time block for it and you pay for a certain amount of weeks for it to air and so when this stuff happens um, they either have to buy out more time so that they can air the last two episodes or do something else. That's probably why Kubo is just restarting in April, but that's probably expensive. Like yeah. they have, yeah, they have to buy that slot for the weeks that they've already aired it. But um, it's possible that in Bofuri's case, there's already something paid for, for, you know, the two weeks that they would air their last episodes, but so they can't, they don't know. We don't know when we're going to get to see the end of Bofuri at this point. Um, Cam Cole which is a show about collecting ship girls um, based on a mobile yeah. game that I think yeah. people don't really, t I, I feel like, I don't know. Is the fandom still there for that? Let me know in the comments, I guess. Uh, it got a second season. That season was only eight episodes. Um, the final episode of that's going to air on March 25th. The anime delayed its fourth episode by about two weeks due to production circumstances. And the fifth episode aired on the 22nd. Sixth was also delayed to January 19th. And the seventh episode aired on Sunday. Um, I think there was just a bunch of quality issues with it because the Blu-rays are denoted as having the latest 2023 edition of the episodes on them. So kind of suggests that there were just a lot of production quality issues. Um, the Misfit of Demon King Academy. A lot of people enjoy that one. Um, episodes seven sure. have been delayed and there's no current update on when the series will resume for that one. Mm. And lastly, there was a show called St. Cecilia and Pastor Lawrence that was supposed to debut in April, and it has since been pushed back to summer. Um, I, Bofuri was also a similar situation. That was supposed to air in an earlier season and got pushed back once or twice. I'm not sure. Um, so all of this is due to uh, COVID-19 and poor management. And by poor management, I mean, like, anime is known for having really tight deadlines. There's no wiggle room. So you get... You yeah. outsource, you know, stuff to a studio. People there get COVID. Everyone's sick. You can't make deadline, and then this happens. I mean, I've seen I've seen so many stories of studios handing in like a new cuts so, like the day of broadcast. Yeah, which is in any other TV industry insane. Like yeah. to 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 do that is just ridiculous. Yeah, uh, even even for like soap operas where the turnaround times are are notoriously. Um, you know, uh, minuscule. Yeah. You're not like you're not filming new scenes like four hours before the episode is supposed to air, unless something has gone horribly wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of hoping that the best thing I feel like that could come out of this is it is a giant wake up call. Like we don't need 50 shows a season. Uh, the industry cannot support that. Um, and these, you know, the scheduling does not work. Like there's, nope. again, it like doesn't work. You need to like cut back. And that includes with like, um, I know we were talking about Anaplex, but that also includes like Katokawa, who's been very open about like wanting to produce so many new anime a year. And it's just not, they were criticized for it for legitimate reasons because it's just, it's too much stress on the system. So. I remember back when we used to get half as many shows a season if not fewer and they might even last for like 24 episodes right instead of just 12 and you could get like a nice i don't know 
I don't want to sound like a grumpy old man that just wants things to go back to the way they were. But I do think it might be healthier in this case for things to dial it back a bit. Right. Like, I think we've mentioned last week or the week before that the production committee system kind of takes a shotgun approach. They, They put a little bit of money in a whole bunch of things in the hopes that at least one or two might do decent profit, but um, it's that's not how much profit are you making when all your show productions collapse and you have to buy a whole bunch of new time slot stuff and um, just to get them on the air, you know? Yeah. Like these these delays have a, a cost, um, even possibly beyond what I'm describing because I don't, you know, know everything, obviously, but... Um, at least in the fact that they have to buy additional time slots from the TV stations to air their shows. So it's not like these studios are running at massive profit margins or anything. No, I mean, the studios themselves, unless it's an original production, um, are usually work for hire. So they've, they've been paid whatever their rate was. So I feel like the studios may also be losing money as well, unless they're able to negotiate additional pay for an extended period. But I don't, I don't know if they, they do that or not. You know, you, someone gives you so much money to create 12 episodes for a certain time span, and then that time span is extended. So you're working longer on a on a project than you intended to. You can't take new projects because your staff is still tied up in something that was supposed to be done months ago. It just, yeah, sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. So, okay, let's see if I can do this correctly. We were going to talk about our top three anime couples for Valentine's Day and why they are our favorites. There is no overlap. Um, so I did well the, to narrow it down to three when there are so many good picks. Yeah. Um, I kind of assumed now, Grant, I say that, but it actually only took me like two minutes to come up with my picks. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm very interested to see what yours are. Yeah. Mine was a little harder to pick because I'm not like a rom-com enthusiast. Yeah. I know James gets real doki doki over rom coms when they're good. So I, but, uh, I that, I'm very picky is the thing. Okay. I, yeah, I I like like two percent of them, but the ones that I like, I do get doki doki. <laughs> you do get doki doki. So I'm gonna start with yours. This was what I think your number three pick based on how you how you numbered uh, the files. Yes. So let's see if I can also uh, make this bigger. There we go. All right. Hey. So J- James's number one pick was Lugosi and Haru from Beast yes. Stars. Yeah. They are a good couple. I think they, they complement each other really well. They do. Honestly, the only reason they're not higher on my list is um uh, I'm trying I I I, won't, I don't want to spoil anything about the manga, but their relationship dynamics don't get as much attention as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, are, if we could see more of them in their actual relationship mode instead of just their relationship being like a plot catalyzer, mm-hmm. um, because so much of what we get in season one is incredible stuff, um, and the kind of like messy, um, nuanced, really for you know, uh, talking animals like really realistically written stuff, yeah, and uh, you know, it's just it's cute. And it's kind of hot, you know, like the whole, the whole, like he could eat me, but also he, you know, like that's yeah. like a whole thing to it. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a lot of like, there's a lot of tension to it. A lot of focus on like teeth and stuff like that. Um, 
I also liked their relationship because the relationship dynamic, because Har is the more experienced one of the two. And part of what about her character that I liked is that because of her status as a rabbit, as a prey animal, um, people assume they need to protect her or that um, she's kind of precious. And she, through her actions in the show, she uh, kind of like, like throws that off a lot. I liked that she seemed confident and not really like ashamed even of her, of her like sexual status. Yeah. And was just had already kind of embraced that. And she seemed like a, a fully realized character. Um, yeah. It's, it's so, it's so funny that, um, and it, you know, anime has a notoriously not so great represent uh, reputation when it comes to positive depictions of female sexuality. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's either, you know, completely skewed toward the male gaze or, you know, it is something where, where chastity and, you know, uh, purity and all that stuff are are still very kind of romanticized and prioritized. So mm -hmm. the fact that you get a character who she has a complicated relationship with sex, like she could definitely yeah. have some healthier uh, perspectives on certain things. But at the same time, the show doesn't like, you know, it's not as if she's less of a... Um, you know, less of a person because of the fact that she, you know, gets down with, with a, a with multiple, with multiple different boys. Yeah. You know, it's not even that she has like one partner ever. So. Um, I just want to point out that Nicholas Dupree is in the chat and currently listing off um, couple number one and it's all the girlfriends from a um, hundred girlfriends. girlfriends. Nick. I saw that coming. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so my number three is from an anime that may be mostly forgotten. I don't know if uh, the kids out there remember Lovely Complex, but I watched this show, Lovely Complex, in the, um, it was in the mid-aughts, I think. Um, this is uh, the, main, the main couple. She's really tall. He's really short. That's a and, good dynamic. Beastars and, already proved that. Yeah, yeah. And so they both have complexes about their height. That's where the complex and lovely complex comes from. And uh, there's a, they kind of had like a manzai routine where they're very jokey friends with each other. They're constantly making jokes and whatnot. But there's this underlying thing. But that's like, but what if I actually liked you? And, you know, I think the the female main character is very much like, oh, well, I need to date someone closer to my height. So she doesn't consider him as much. You know, again, he's got like a complex about his height, but they end up overcoming it. You can watch all, I think it's about 24 episodes on Crunchyroll. It's super cute. Production values are just okay. But um, we don't get a lot of like this kind of shoujo, Jose stuff really anymore. Mm -hmm. um, oh. And I miss it. So, yeah. Yeah, this one probably got lost for the people who were more into like Kimini Todoke and, and stuff like that. But I always thought it was, I just think they're really charming and I like them a lot. Homeboy so. just needs to get himself some platform shoes. Sure, yeah. A lot of the problems, just, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, their names are Ko uh, Koizumi and Otani, by the way. I forgot to mention that. But uh, Otani's the boy and Koizumi is the girl in this case. But yeah, that's my number three. So hopefully I might have just given some people a recommendation to, uh, Go check out something maybe they weren't as familiar with. Yeah. Let me see. James's number two was one I did not see coming. Yeah. Like, at all. The, like, this was the first one I thought of, actually. This was, was it really? I gotta put these two, yes. 
Because this was a uh, you recent kind of recently reviewed this one for us, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. just uh, two seasons ago, I think. Yeah, this is um, yeah. Shamiko and Momo from Demon Next Door, right? Mm -hmm. Demon yeah. Girl Next Door. I've never watched Demon Girl Next Door, so sell me on this. What is their like dynamic? What makes them? What makes them lovey dovey? Okay, so I guess I, I should clarify. I might technically be cheating because since we live in a world of cowards, um, they're not technically a couple okay. insofar as they don't refer to themselves as girlfriends or anything. Mm -hmm. But the running joke in the show is that uh, for those of you that have not seen Demon Girl Next Door, uh, it is a world wherein you have magical girls and demons that are you know part of like everyday life. And they are traditionally, you know, uh, uh, enemies. Mm -hmm. um, and Shamiko uh, discovers one day that she has a demon heritage when she grows horns and a tail out of nowhere. Okay. And um, she kind of sucks at everything she does because <laughs> uh, she's awkward and shy. And there's actually some like backstory that explains why she's so, um, she was like really sick a lot as a kid and uh -huh. that ties into her demon origins and all that stuff. Point being, um, she runs into Momo, the magical girl. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Momo's whole job is to, like, defend the Earth and, you know, do her magical girl transformation. And, um, you know, Shamika wants to be the best demon girl that she can be. Um, and so her um, initial goal is to be the the ultimate rival to Momo. Um, okay. But the downside is that they're very obviously in love and meant, meant to be together forever. <laughs> and so Shamika's, uh, she kind of revises her goal to um, recruit um, Momo as her dark vassal. Oh, the terminology. Okay. Um, and there's even <laughs> okay. uh, and the, to the point where she can get a dark magical girl transformation. Which oh, she's channeling. Right. Yeah. yeah uh, which yeah, amounts yeah. to this this cute little cape and then her little hair bun, her her, her hair clip turns black. So oh. that's how you know that it's demon fueled. Okay. Um, but um it's one of my favorite well, tropes, by the way, is when yeah. a magical girl goes like dark side and then her friends have to, you know, yes, awaken her or something. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the and the joke, of course, is that when she goes dark side, it's to help out her girlfriend. And literally, the only thing about her that changes is the palette of her clothes and, <laughs> and like, some of her magic power stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just really cute. It's really sweet. Um, it's one of those dynamics where they both are able to kind of help each other help each other overcome some of their long term um, traumas and emotional hangups. And they bring out the best in each other. Yeah. And they go on like goofy missions together. And Flash just, dates. Yes. And it's uh, the show. One of the things that makes the show so great is that it's a four panel manga. And so everything feels very much like little skits, but it also yeah. builds on on itself really naturally. So uh -huh. like in episode one, there'll be like a little throwaway line. And then like five episodes later, it'll pay off to like a really cute, sweet moment between the two. And Aww. it's just great. Just You're convincing good. me to watch this. I feel it like I should. It is so good. <laughs> it's so good. Okay. I mean, if yeah. you remember, I watched the show on accident because I thought it was a different show for Preview Dad. <laughs> uh -huh. I had no idea what was going on, but the yeah. two were so freaking cute that yeah. I was like, I need to review this show. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, but I need to see more. So, all right. Uh, my next one, which I think, uh, James, if you haven't seen this, this is like totally up your alley. Uh, this is the main couple from. Uh, my love story, Takio and yes. Rinko. I'm so and... glad you got this one. This was like in my number five or six. I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are these two are the cutest. Okay, yes. so um, in my love story, like 
And it was funny because by the end of it, I, I really saw the appeal of Takeo, not just like because of his personality, but like he's a certain kind of handsome. Like yeah. he's not he's not the kind of handsome, I guess, that's considered popular with the girls in his class. Um, you know, they're they're more interested in his best friend whose name is escaping me right now, who has like more like a K-pop idol kind of look to him. Whereas Takeo, you know, he's a big guy. He's got big full lips. And like a prominent nose and long sideburns and probably will someday become a beard if he wants one, you know, like sideburns go away down. He's got, you know, not, I don't want to say he looks like a guy from the Yakuza series necessarily because, but he's, I don't know. I was literally just thinking if you find any of like the older dudes from the Yakuza games hot, then you can see the appeal of, of yeah. what he's going for. Yeah, and he's got—I think he's got kind of a husky voice if, in the Japanese version, if I'm remembering right. But he is just the sweetest, right? He's very considerate of his girlfriend. Um, he's very heroic. There's a couple of like over-the-top kind of stunts where, like, he saves people from like a burning fire during like yeah. like they roll out singing karaoke and a fire breaks out and he goes back in and saves some people so he's kind of got he's got like that burly fireman sort of thing going and then her friends understand why they're dating um also like in the show that they start dating pretty early so most of the show is actually about navigating their relationship not like trying to confess to one another which is how a lot of uh, shows go um Rinko actually is also no slouch either because she looks kind of like this little petite girl she's got like a really high voice where you would think she's like super pure or whatever but one of the um points in their relationship during the show is that she's wondering why he's not coming on to her because she's like ready to kind of move the relationship in a more physical direction and he he like has those kinds of thoughts about her but then think you know is trying to be considerate of not like pressuring her and everything it's like a really healthy dynamic and then they communicate yeah. you know um but just super cute it was one of my favorite rom-coms when it came out and it's really well animated and, and such too. I think this one is also on Crunchyroll. Um, go double check, but absolutely recommend it. That's my son. He's having a great time doing something. <laughs> um, he, al he also stands my love story. He does. He does also. All right. So James, you're number one. I saw from a mile away. It's, I knew it's the least surprising thing I could have ever done, but I yeah. had to go with my heart. So. Yeah. It was, as soon as this came in, I was like, oh, I know. Isn't the screenshot, too, probably from your... I feel like it was in your episode review. Yeah, for, I, I, for I, I had to dig it up specifically because there was no better choice. Um, <laughs> but yes, it is uh, Nishikata and Takagi from Teasing Master Takagi-san. Yeah. Uh, one, one of the best anime rom-coms ever made. Fight me <laughs> on it in the comments if you want, but it's true. Um, the... The, the third season of the show, I've already talked for like a billion hours about it, so I'll keep it short. Mm -hmm. um, the, the third season of the show is perfect. And if you want to feel good about life, and if you want to believe in the possibility of true love and happy endings, then you should watch the show immediately. Um, get a high dive subscription right now and uh, watch every episode. You might have to also get a Crunchyroll subscription to watch the other seasons and not entirely show. Wasn't sure one of them on that... Netflix too? Yeah, that might that might be you might you need might a couple of subscriptions. Three. It is worth it, okay? <laughs> because this show does just um now because they're in middle school, it's not like my love story where they're like dating by episode three, but mm -hmm. they're 
also basically married at this point. They are already <laughs> they are already a couple. Um, they already um, organize their lives and their interests and everything they do around one another just naturally because it's what they want to do. Mm -hmm. um, Nishikata just is stupid and interprets that as she's my rival. That's why I'm going to spend weeks planning the most romantic interactive scavenger hunt that anyone could ever conceive of with specific references to many of our personal little adventures and definitely not dates. Um, the kind of thing that would get any husband permanent access to the pedestal of great husbands for the rest of their lives. Because it just sounds we... like a, one of those elaborate engagement scenarios that you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And the, the joke, of course, is that when other people see it, they're like, oh, he's desperately in love with her. And mm -hmm. he's like, what are you talking about? I just want to beat her at a game. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Right. Um, yeah, right. I don't know. They're, they're perfect and I love them. And it does help that there is a mother where children. we get to, yeah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are. Um, All right. Um, my number one is also super obvious. Um, assuming that my computer will open the image file. I'm, I'm wondering if I guessed right. Did I guess right? Yeah, let's see. Let's see if I can open this. It's not opening how I want it to. That's okay. I can still share it. All right. So my number one, and if uh, James has you know, watched there far enough go. in it. It's yes. Haruka and Michiru, Sailor Uranus, Sailor Neptune, Sailor Moon, best couple ever. Uh, this shot is from, I think, the third season of Crystal, uh, the ending sequence, and it's just really pretty. Um, I have a lot of issues with Crystal, but I love this, um, this shot of them. So um, I love Uranus and Neptune because... Uh, Uranus is a baddie and she's super cool all the time. And Mitru is hyper competent, really artistic and beautiful. And also like they're super dramatic. <laughs> like their love is really dramatic uh, compared to the other ones that I shared earlier. Like they're just completely over the top, desperately dedicated to one another. I think it's in the final season when one of them is about to die or something in the final battle spoilers for a show that's like 20 years old. Um, it's either Michiru or, or Haruka who says, like, I don't mind going to hell as long as I get to be with her or something like that. Like, they're that kind of... The greatest line. Like, yeah, the greatest yeah. line. Like, you know, when you're when you're a teenager, you, you watch something like that and you're like, oh, my heart, you know, it just, like, gets you right there. I need someone who's that obsessed with me. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, I just love them. Um, I love their dynamic. Um, I like that in the OG anime Haruka is kind of a little bit of a flirt. Mitra is a little bit of a flirt too. Like, but they, uh, I almost feel like they only flirt with other people a little bit to like rile the other one up. And then they have really hot makeup sex or something. Like there's oh, yeah. definitely like that going on the whole time. Yeah. Um, anyway, they're just the coolest. Absolutely I feel like I, I always get the vibe where like, if they, if they do get to like live into like their sixties, they're like that super badass like old lesbian couple. Yeah. You meet where like one of them has like a bunch of tattoos and like mm -hmm. looks like they just have stories for days and the other's just like really super put together making tea. Yeah. Know? Um yeah. and and they own like like a farmhouse. Yeah. So they just maintain themselves and yeah. Oh my god, I've met that couple. That's really funny. Um my husband and I went camp uh not it wasn't a camp, it was a yurt. Um out on an, <laughs> out on an island and there it was 
a farm that was run by a lesbian couple. They had a, a tiny, they had a train on their property that would yep, like that take you around right. it because mm -hmm. it went into the woods and stuff and they got deer and all other sorts of things there and they had goats and um, they had fresh made scones that you yeah. get every morning while you were staying there. Like, it's really funny that- So you met them in real life. I you met got them. to meet your heroes. Yeah, yeah. One of them does all the maintenance on the train and everything and is really handy. And the other one like runs the, the front desk and- I'm telling you. It's, it's crazy yeah. that, that that is a real archetype. It is. <laughs> Sailor anyway, Moon knew what it was doing. Anyway, back then, it knew. You guys, if you ever go on Airbnb and want to stay in Orcas Island, Washington State, um, stay at the place that they'll. It'll say in the listing that they've got a train, and then you know it's it's the good one. The goats and the donkey and stuff are cute too. Anyway, so ask them about what Usagi was like when she was young, because I'm <laughs> sure that's a really interesting story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went yurting. Yeah, I, I mean, I went yurting. This was years ago now at this point, but we did. Is that a verb? Is yurting a verb? I don't know. It is now. You can, you know, my husband goes yurting every year with, with his brother and, you know, they go eat a bunch of hot dogs or something. But um, in this place, it was more like glamping. Like I have a picture of the yurt and it kind of looks like. Would that be, would that be glurting? Glurting? <laughs> It looks like a uh, like a white circus tent. There was a there was like a queen size bed inside of it, like an actual oh, yeah. queen size bed. So yeah, I was outside, but <laughs> please, <laughs> you know. Um, all right, I think that I mean, about in the Pacific Northwest, basically every house is a cabin by you know virtue of being surrounded by the forest. So it's, that's you know. true. My parents live in a, their house is on ten acres in the woods. Mm -hmm. I fe I get to just feed deer that are basically tame at this point. There've been yeah. multiple generations and they just come, come up there for apples. They're not scared of my car anymore. Um, it's it's yeah. a problem when the, they, they get too unafraid of cars mm. <laughs> as anyone that's had to drive through the Washington streets in the middle of the night. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Always go slow. If you're driving in the Pacific Northwest at night, cause I mean, those signs with the deer leaping are there for a reason. Yes. That's not yeah. a joke. And they will wreck your car and wreck your shit. You don't want to hit one. Like, it kills people. Anyway. Uh, uh, pro tip, by the way, if you are ever in a situation where you're going to hit a deer, uh, mm -hmm. speed up. Don't break. Speed up. <laughs> Why is that? Because it, um, it'll decrease the chances of the deer. Uh, at least from what I was told by people with giant trucks that have hit multiple deer. It mm -hmm. basically, it, it means you kill the deer faster and it decreases the chance of your car, like, swerving and veering off or whatever you basically you want to explode the deer not have the deer explode you <laughs> it was the way it was explained to me all right um, um <laughs> maybe that anyone who heard this advice please please investigate it your, yourself first we're not entirely sure how valid this is and i don't want to, anyone to like be deathly injured and then be like well james beckett told me to speed <laughs> up it's true like, i'm not a scientist i'm not a deer uh, hitting scientist. Yeah. I'm sure there's someone out there that can answer that for us. All right. So I think we're going to switch gears to Vash the Stampede. Um, again, this was a really excellent episode, episode six of, of this series. Um, again, super dark. I'm kind of missing that we're not getting any levity or, or comedy in here, but we do find out a lot about Wolfwood. Yeah, episode. it's like a Wolfwood info dump, basically. And it's sad. To yeah. the surprise of no one. Yeah. It was um, um, 
and find out that he is, I mean, so we knew in the past, uh, from the previous episode and even the episode before that, that he is working with the bad guys on this, right? His, his name is, is Wolfwood the Punisher and his even, his, even his nickname is hot. Like this dude just gets like, <laughs> although I, I have to say, should, am I allowed to say that? Is he, is he actually an adult? I, okay. So that was one of the first thing I put in my notes here is like Wolfwood's age, three question marks, because as we find out in this episode, he rapidly aged and we're not exactly sure how much time has gone by. Um, but yeah, so he could be, like 12 years old uh, is this like a tom hanks and big situation <laughs> i don't like thinking that movie that and jack with robert or um robin williams kind of upsetting yeah uh both yeah. try to try to date adults in that because they're they're big children um so yeah we uh we find out that you know he was experimented on he's got he's downing performance enhancing drugs like crazy that rapidly allow him to heal and yeah the timeline's just really iffy don't know how old he is but probably not as old as he looks also him and Bash aren't speaking to each other because they're still mad about whether it's and they're both him. acting like grumpy little yeah they're like <laughs> Wolfwood killed somebody and I don't think that's fair and he's like Bash is a baby and he can't kill bad guys and Wolfwood so keeps they're... calling me names <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah uh let's see uh Trelaw no lfr says that he's probably earned his rep as the punisher um so he might be in his mid-teens uh i did some wiki diving it's really hard to keep the like individual stories straight because they actually vary quite a bit between adaptation and the original manga but um from what i understand his the punisher is actually the name of his giant cross weapon so I don't know if he earned that nickname or was just given it because they gave whenever they gave him the the cross because that's its oh yeah okay. that's its official title. But yeah, this episode, um, Meryl and Roberto are gonna finally ditch these two dudes who keep almost getting them killed, and they're gonna board what I thought was actually a really cool um, like a ship. sand cruise ship. Yeah, I thought this yeah. was cool, very I steampunk. Very cool. Uh, you can tell it's kind of like not Titanic esque necessarily, but just like it's got a lot of the well to do people on it. Everyone's dressed up for travel and they're heading to July City, which is where Knives is supposed to be. And I had to also go back and reread that because I couldn't remember exactly why they were going there. But um, that's where Knives is supposed to be at. So that's why Vash is on his way there. Um, Hopeland Orphanage. It also explains how, because I, I remember whenever it kept showing the map at the end of the episodes, I'm like, there's no way this is going to be 12 episodes. They're never going to get to July at this rate. Yeah. But if they can like, if, if they can cross the sand continent this fast on a cruise ship, then maybe this is only going to be 12 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it depends how far this cruise ship makes it because it ends up in with a lot of issues by the end of the episodes that could, you know, strand them out here somewhere. Also, I didn't get a chance until now to really look at this map, but it's very obviously like earth, but you know, maybe some, some tectonic plate action has happened. Of course the oceans are dried up, but this is Africa. Yeah. Yeah. 
and this is like Australia merging into Southeast Asia here. There's India. Yeah. Um, don't know what's going on. Is that like, did South America get like really huge when the water dried up? Maybe I'm not really sure what's going on there, but this over here looks like, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe that's supposed to be Canada. Who knows? Okay. But <laughs> this is just more of the insulting back and more forth. More bash bullying. You don't get to choose who lives and dies. You're a spoiled brat who can't even kill bad guys. Mom. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We meet this guy whose name is Livio. And yes. again, this was a character I did not remember at all from the original anime. And that's because he's not in it, to my knowledge. He's a manga manga character. He was a manga character, but he's not in the original anime. And um, I like his mask. It is yeah. cool. So uh, and uh, he he's got a, a a sick as hell fight scene with Vash. He does. Was, uh, it was really hard to screen cap because of how fluid and constantly moving it was, which is great for Studio Orange. But um, yeah, just some of the most just the kind of fighting that I honestly don't think I've ever seen. Really, in, yeah, in just a lot of like um, very dynamic, like flipping, ro a lot of rotating camera at the same time to to give it a lot of dynamic dynamicism. Yeah, and is this face mask for some reason it makes you think of like a hieroglyph. There's like there's something kind of going on with it that like oh yeah, I feel like it's supposed to remind me of something other than just like a skull. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like his very dramatic Egyptian sort of um, eyeliner around the eye there, and then that's yeah. accentuated again up here. But then we've got you know the kind of skeletal looking teeth at the bottom. But it also you know looks like he's been augmented because I think we're staring into his cheekbone and it's yeah. all glowy and stuff. And he underwent the same sort of procedures that uh, Wolfwood did, and we see that play out in a flashback that's not in or does not appear to be three D CG. It looks like it's in traditional two D animation. And I also liked that they did these interstitials, uh, so it felt like a silent movie. Yeah, like it a, also gave me um, it gave Western? me like near like near vibes. Oh, really? The they do like their because they do a similar thing with like storybook kind of silent storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, silent movie Western vibes, very different feel to what we've seen. Yeah, and we very I didn't know this was Wolfwood immediately. Um, maybe that's just me, but I like that he takes care of the Chogobos mm -hmm. at the orphanage. And so, um, and then Livio gets brought there and yeah, he's really sad, presumably because, you know, his parents died and, and whatnot. And Wolfwood kind of takes to him immediately as a big brother figure. And the term like brother or sibling is used a lot throughout this by a couple of different characters to refer to one, one another, even though they're not actually uh, blood related. But yeah, I just really liked the intimacy that this uh, scene gave us. And it felt very emotional, even though there's not a lot of actual dialogue. Yeah, like you buy their relationship, even though they literally say maybe like three words to each other. Over the yeah. It's a flashback. Yeah. Um, uh, since we've just scrolled through the screen caps to pass that, I also like, so this, I felt like this was kind of extra, like maybe an unneeded thing to add in here this uh gang of bandits but i did like that they're on sand windsurfers i thought that yeah. was cool i've been i know they're called the bad lads which is a great name but, <laughs> but they're they have like the bl logo and i've just been calling them the boys love gang in my head <laughs> yeah. this whole time yeah I'm just imagining them like furiously shipping vash and wolfwood <laughs> and like 
<laughs> we must get them and make them kiss. Quick, <laughs> quick to the steamer. Yeah. Um, this is still flashback. Uh, one thing to note that the uh, ladies in this have huge boobs. Distractingly so. I, I'm glad you said something. Because I was like. Bazongas. Just, you know. They're they're in like a turtleneck and, and a suit jacket that is connected to a face mask. But um, yeah, just I mean, distracting. These have to be like huge. androids, right? Like they're like clones or androids or something there's something going on with them they've got that symbol on their jacket and we also saw the same symbol actually on the flag at the orphanage and we see it on the red letter that wolfwood gets and um i looked it up because the term is used in this so it's just i don't feel like this is a spoiler it's just clarifying that's called the eye of michael is what that symbol is and so that means that they are related to the eye of michael i don't know if they're inhuman or not but yeah, definitely a clones vibe, uh, Trelana said. So then we get this really trippy scene. So we're still in the flashback. It's still kind of 2D, but it's got a, like this awesome like psychedelic vibe yeah. while Wolfwood is undergoing a whole bunch of experimentation at the behest of Prin Priest William, which uh, that's the name of the doctor we've seen doing the experiments up to this point. He hadn't been directly referred to as that, but he was named... In that radio program I kept talking about back yeah. in the episode, I was like, oh, yeah, they're talking about, they said, like, Father So-and-so, which might have been Father Knives. They might be, that might be Knives. And then they said, like, okay. Priest Michael or William or, or Priest William, sorry. Um, and that's the name of him uh, in this. So now we we have that that direct connection there that he was looked at as a religious figure when it came yeah. to um, the boy that was sacrificed earlier and became the the big bane look like so this search shot is just really cool it reminds me for some reason a little bit of um the woman called fujiko mine yeah and, mm -hmm. yeah yeah the yes. the line art and and the color reminds me of that a lot i've been meaning to i because i have to imagine that just with i mean i guess this isn't doesn't have to be true but my assumption was that just based on like the fact that this is like a 2d production and they they I'm sure they would have had to have gotten that in the pipeline, like before they started the 3D work. That I'm wondering if they had like a guest director come in and do this part while they did all the 3D stuff for the rest of the show. Yeah. And I'm wondering if like the if if that is the case, whoever's responsible for the sequence is like a a big name that we would. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see the credits for um, this episode in particular. If anyone has those, because I'd like to know who you know who the animation director or episode director was for this episode in particular. Um, because yeah, this is all really weird. He, you know, he, uh, Wolfwood hallucinates a whole bunch of, um, oh God, I've already forgot the kid's name, even though I said it earlier. Livio. Livio, right. Um, hallucinates a whole bunch of him, like saying, yeah, Nico Nee or Nicholas, brother Nicholas, basically. And uh, we see some, some algebra, <laughs> and this flower, which looks like that um, giant flower that's supposed to smell like rotting flesh. I don't know if that's specifically what it's supposed to be, but it's just yeah. what it reminded me of. And we've got him in an upside down cross for these experiments. But this is, yeah, this is when we find out that Wolfwood is not as old as he appears to be. We don't know how old he is. He could be like 14 or something. Um, because this is interesting, the, the sympathy that William was... The, there were a couple of times this this week where he kind of went out of his way to be like, we're not trying to hurt these people. Like, we're not, you know. 
Yeah, he's got what feels like a really weird philosophy regarding life and um, respect for it. Like, when he first said this, I thought it was more of a, well, I've invested so much in him, don't hurt him because he's a test subject. Like, he's a useful sort of thing. Also notice that, like, he doesn't look particularly old here. So unless this guy has the same sort of thing going for him like Vash does, and he's, like, been an old man for a long time... This is another indicator that not a ton of time has passed since yeah. since the two since this happened. Um, this was a really cool scene, and I didn't immediately know what was going on. We see uh, Wolfwood tries to make an escape, and he is contorted in the air like crazy. And then we find out that it's actually my anime boyfriend, Legato Blue Summers, that's doing this. <laughs> um, he is telekinetic. It was so. legitimately creepy. Like it was. Yeah. The show. There've been a couple of scenes where the show is legit, kind of like a horror anime yeah. for like yeah. a scene or two, which is not at all what I was expecting from Trigun. Yeah. Um, Kat in the comments says that uh, Minoru Yamaoka is credited as a storyboarder and director for this app. Um, James, I'll let you talk for a second because I'm gonna look him up in the ANN Encyclopedia. Yeah, so I mean, um, like we we're just saying, we meet um, Blue Summers, as I think his name, yeah. who does not like to be uh, made fun of for his weird blue hair. We've learned that. Yeah, he's and, very sensitive about it. Uh, and he's also one of those proud sociopaths that thinks <laughs> that um, emotions are stupid and yeah. that um, caring about anything or anyone is just a weakness. And uh -huh. obviously, uh, Wolfwood doesn't jive with that, but... Um, he can't really do anything about his current predicament because it turns out that um, we get a little bit of like information about like the nature of these experiments. We learned that uh, Wolfwood was selected because he has an S plus drug compatibility, which is, I guess what he, they rolled. He's really good at getting high, you know? Yeah. They rolled a good gotcha. They got an S plus Wolfwood. And so th they can really level him up and max out his stats. And uh, <laughs> It turns out that Livio is also one of those S plus kids, which means yeah. that if Wolfwood doesn't go out and murder a bunch of people. And I guess I was just thinking the fact that Livio is so much older now, mm -hmm. maybe that's also just a side, a side effect of the experiments. And it, it, it still is a sign that it hasn't been that much time. Yeah. But, um, but we do know that Wolfwood, the reason Wolfwood has been doing all of this isn't because he likes killing people, which is what um, Zazi was suggesting earlier. Mm -hmm. It's because he's trying to protect his his brother. Because if yeah. Wolfwood dies, he was under the impression that that is when they were going to um, fully recruit uh, Livio. And mm -hmm. he doesn't want to kill Livio, not only because he doesn't want to kill Livio, but because then they're just going to take more kids from the Hopeland orphanage. Yeah, so. and one of the things we see when Livio is older... Um, he doesn't have a whole lot of lines during his confrontation with Vash, but he does say, I have to catch up. And I feel like that is maybe an idea that was put into his head by the eye of Michael folks, um, that he's trying to get as good as or as confident as Wolfwood in fighting. He needs to catch up to him, you know, mm -hmm. so they can be equals there. At least that's how I, I interpreted the line. Um, I looked up the uh, episode director for this, and they didn't have any credits that I would consider notable to draw a conclusion that maybe they were responsible for the 2D animation work in this, or that if I said their name and what they'd worked on, we would go, oh, okay, yeah, I remember that. So hmm. um, might just be a person to watch yeah. if, if they were uh, the individual involved, uh, responsible for that. 
But yeah, uh, Legato does not like his hair being made fun of. He's got a cool shoulder piece with what looks kind of like a skull slash scarab kind of going on there. Mm -hmm. Definitely sociopathic, like you said. Um, but he also mentions, he also seems kind of fixated on Knives' goals in a religious sense as well. Yeah. Like there was a line in there where it seemed like, it was like, you don't need to feel anything. You just have to have faith in in what we're doing or something like that. So just, yeah, big old weirdo. Um, didn't get a good enough look at him to actually, I know I said he's my boyfriend earlier, but that's because he was hot in the original. At least that's how I remember him being in the original. I don't know about his redesign yet. Um, he seems, I mean, he seems hot enough, I guess. Uh, I don't know. His hair. So far as, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think Vash still wins the, the award for best um, haircut. Uh, yeah. yeah. Makeover. Yeah. Um, I also like Zazzy's hair. Zazzy's yeah, hair. I like Zazzy in general. Zazzy's pretty cool. You know, the whole like mind controlling bugs thing is is pretty neat. Also, maybe Legato got a haircut between that flashback and now because his hair from the back looks a, just looks a lot like Wolfwood's. But yeah, we'll be seeing more of Legato. He's like a sub boss to Knives. Yeah. So like the, like the second in command. Yeah, yeah, that kind of deal. Um, and then, so in the midst of everything, the uh, boys love gang also uh, invades the ship. And again, they look really cool. Real Mad Max, like uh, glow in the dark paint kind of stuff going on. So that's yeah. kind of where the episode ends. This is sort of like a two-parter. Yeah, it's really the first time that we've had, I mean, all the episodes have led into one another, but this is the first time where we've had like a straight up just to be continued sort of thing. As yeah. As a standalone. Yeah. Um, I think before we close out, I did want to ask, you know, where do you stand on the Wolfwood uh, Vash debate? Oh, as far as who's, um, I mean, I think I get where Vash is coming from. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm still waiting for, because I can tell that they're doing that thing where they, and I can see why they did it, where they gave us that, that kind of peek at his backstory at the beginning mm -hmm. of the show, which is really different from how they did it in the original but yeah. they're they're really holding a lot of the cards close to the vest as far as his development. Like he's still kind of stuck in the same like. You mean Bash's development? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'm interested to see if the show is ultimately going to like side with his perspective as like the the ultimate thesis. Mm -hmm. um, because I the way that it is now. I feel like the show is going out of its way to kind of highlight the the flaws in Vash's approach where, you know, he's living in a world that doesn't necessarily accommodate his desire for pacifism. Right. Um, I'm wondering, I, I feel like what's going to happen is eventually um, I'm going to go ahead and call it. I think it's going to be um, Roberto. I think, uh -huh. I think Roberto is going to get killed. Okay. Because of something that Vash like doesn't do, like Vash is trying to keep people uh, from fighting. Yeah. And I think Roberto's going to get killed because he's been death flag uh, central for the whole show. <laughs> and I think that that is going to be maybe the cause of like either a big shift in his character, mm -hmm. or it'll Vash's character, yeah. Yeah, or it'll at least force him to like, I don't know, maybe re-examine his priorities, even if he ends up doubling down. I, I've always been the kind of guy where I want to believe in a world where we truly can achieve peace through pacifism. 
but then sometimes I, I do look out the window and I, I'm, I'm with Wolfwood where it's like sometimes, you know, sometimes there's some people that just need to get blown up with a giant cross gun. You know, like sometimes that's just how it how it is. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm I just wanted to share this picture of OG uh, Legato Blue Summer so people could appreciate what a sad emo boy he used to look like. And that was, you know, his hotness appeal. Um, I like the hair. He has kind of live action Mario Goomba proportions. Because he's got giant shoulders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's got some. His, uh, his head looks a little small in that getup, but I dig the hair. Yeah. Yeah. He was just, you know. Just an anime sad boy. That was his. That was his appeal at the time. Um, I think you're right. At least in that right now, it seems like Vash's opinion is that like we don't have the right to kill anyone. Thus, killing isn't ever justified. And I would say like nine times out of ten, that's true. But he again lives in a world where uh, people are trying to straight up murder him and everyone around him all the time, and. I don't think you can just always like negotiate that down. I mean, yeah. some of the people he's dealing with are like insane. They're yeah. just like insane. I think it's one of those things where you can, I think you can totally live by the philosophy where killing is an immoral act that is mm -hmm. always wrong mm -hmm. while also potentially having to recognize that sometimes you're put in a position where you have to commit an immoral act for the purpose of preserving life or, or what have you. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, Cat uh, says, I feel like there's a bigger incoming death flag on a different character given the next episode preview. That's also true. I do know of a character that died in the original. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see the preview. Or if I did, I think I, 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 think I, I spaced on it. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't remember it, but I, now that Kat has pointed that out, there is a, a character that dies in the original that um, is still alive right now. So, you know, things could happen, but they've, they've redone um, all kinds of stuff in this. I also want to note, because we talked about Gunsmoke last episode, about the world of Gunsmoke. This world's not called Gunsmoke. It's called No Man's Land. Yeah, I noticed that. Mm -hmm. I, um, I I meant to bring that up. That's interesting. And in and... the manga, it's also called No Man's Land. But it also kind of, that uh, differentiation um, feeds into like uh, Studio Orange's thing that this isn't like a, not necessarily a reboot or a uh, continuation or a remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a unique version all in and of itself. I think so. retelling maybe is is the you know, yeah yeah yeah. When underrated I was Re retellings are underrated. I think yeah, I think that's a good approach. One and when I was looking through stuff like this uh, conflict between Wolfwood and Vash about you know the right to kill, I guess that was also in the original anime as well. So that's something that's been brought over. That's always been like a. Um, a point of of dispute between the two characters so yeah all right everybody um we didn't get to buddy daddy's today but that's okay uh they went to the zoo it was cute and it was cute you should you should mary, mary has it. a little boyfriend so mary has a little boyfriend fun. uh they, they both play, play morio they play morio cart yeah and found out that um the the character goods that ray bought at the cheap store is actually from that game Mm -hmm. So, there's a, there's a mysterious new lady that's shown up. 
Oh yeah, um, I think that might be Kazuki's former wife, sister, or something. The pregnant lady. So I'm wondering if she faked her death. Find that out. So, yeah. Drama. So tune in next week. There might be more going on, and we'll have more to talk about with buddy daddies. But didn't yeah. get to it this week. Um, thanks everyone for tuning in, and we'll see you next time at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, right here on YouTube slash Twitter slash Facebook. So thanks for hanging out. Have a happy Valentine's Eve. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.